Good evening everyone and welcome to the second episode of Antiques and Grannies. I am joined once more by my brother Dave and we are going to be talking about away days. We'll be name checking some of our companions, reliving some of our favourite trips and we'll both be revealing our individual top five away days. We may even share the horror of a few of the worst. It might encourage a few people to join us or more likely put them off for life. So come with us as we take you on a few crusades with the Crusaders. So Dave, thanks very much for inviting me over this evening. You're welcome. To discuss away day. So it's like an away fixture for me, sort of coming away from the confines of the conservatory and sitting on your sofa. And we have Sarah arranging flowers in the background as well. Hello. Hi Sarah. Are we both well? Yeah, we're yes, fine, thank you. Well, thank you. Good, that's good to hear. Right, Dave, so the theme is away days. Now, can you remember our first away day as what I would call official home for supporters? Um, that would probably be going back six or seven seasons to maybe Bashley away. Correct, it was Bashley away. I'm not sure if you really remember that or whether I let that slip at the weekend. Well, you may have done, but... Um... <laughs> Because you thought as well, I think, that we both thought it was Paul away, but we did go to Bashley. Yes, Bashley was that. the previous round, because both, both games, as you, um, yes, were in the FA Cup. Um, Bashley in the New Forest, a very nice trip away, first, first away day, I thought. Yeah, and a very impressive stand as well, although um, showing the wares of time now, it looked a bit dilapidated, but you could see that it was. Yes, I, I think the really nice stand, stand they had there was put up for the visit of Swansea or something like that in the FA Cup a few seasons earlier. Yeah, do you think they took as many as we did? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a few more even. Um, and our, our second trip, I'm not going to go through all our hundred odd trips, but our second trip also FA Cup, as you've alluded to already, Paul Town. Um, do you remember um, we actually ended up at the wrong stadium to be able to that day? Yeah, that was probably, we ended up near the grounds. Or was it Speedway? Speedway, Speedway I think, wasn't it? Um, okay, well, I think I've given you a nice easy question there. So here's a more difficult one. What was our first league away game supporting Hungerford? And if you get this, I think I might give you a shiny pound coin. <laughs> That's not bad coming from you, a shiny pound coin. Um, no. Let me know if you want to a clue but it'll be down to 50p no I don't need any money but you're going to have to give me a clue <laughs> it was the same not like Bashley again no 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 but it wasn't too far away it was on the edge of the new forest AFC Totten yes correct and we won that one as well didn't we we did win that one 3-1 yes. now I would say probably both those games certainly the first game um, we went as uh, just the two of us but of course, there were other Hungerford supporters present, but it's only over time, really, that we've uh, come to know more of the, the faithful. Yeah, they've become good friends as well, and, yeah. you know, great bunch. And we've picked up a few stragglers along the way, I'd say, as well. Yeah. And do you think um, that's part of what makes an away day special, the camaraderie that you, you form with people that go to the games? Yes, because it was the same with Reading. You see the same faces... Who are the loyal 
well, I say loyal, that's a bit unfair to some of the, the older generation who go to the home games but can't maybe get to the away games sometimes. But you do see the hardcore of the fans that go to the home and the away games. And then you get chatting and, of course, you start having a few dr- drinks as well. And, yeah. Which is it's, it's quite, it's quite a <laughs> big theme of our away days or yeah. our away day weekends as they turn out to be in the end. Yeah, well, yes, we've had one or two um, weekenders, haven't we, along the way as well, which um, I'm sure we may well touch on uh, during the course of this discussion. Now, I've, I've got a few questions for you here where I want just one word answers. So let's see. Okay. Was that the first one? <laughs> well, that, that, that's, that's very impressive. That, that shows me that you understand the format. So, car or coach, which would you prefer to go? Car. Okay. Car or train? Train. Okay. Um, why would you prefer to go by the train? Beer. <laughs> okay. When you go by car, would you prefer to be the passenger or the driver? Depends if I've been working. If I've been working, then I'd rather be the passenger. But if I've got a day off, then I don't mind doing the driving at all. Uh, yes, I think I kind of feel the same way. Um, I think another benefit of being the driver is you kind of feel that you've got first dibs on uh, what sort of music you play or what radio station you tune into. But uh, quite often, I suppose, it does kind of end up with chit-chat and uh, that's just as enjoyable, as if not more. I was nearly going to say something rude there that rhymes with chit chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I was wasn't going to at all. Um, so, when you've driven to, to games, would you like to name check any of the people that you've had in your car that you've taken? Well, it's um, obviously Windmill, Daniel. Why is Windmill called Windmill? Can you uh, enlighten me today? Uh, that must have been one of the away games at Chesham where he, ref- he refused to get out of the way of some of the, how can we say it, the Chesham Ultras who were walking towards us and they all got out of his way, which is quite impressive seeing of his height and stature. And that was with him kind of flailing his arms around like a windmill, I assume. Well, that's how it's come about, yeah. <laughs> how the legend has formed over time. Yeah, see, he wasn't stood in a field with his arms going round in a clockwise direction, scaring birds away or anything like that. <laughs> Outstanding in his field. Yeah, like a scarecrow. Yeah, I, I do recall one trip where I drove uh, on a wet, cold night to Merthyr Tidville with, uh, as uh, memory serves me, myself, you, Windmill and uh, Daniel. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's a um, strangely enjoyable for one defeat, I felt. Um, as far as the game was concerned, um, it wasn't a, a one-four performance. No, we played well in that that game, and um, to be fair, I know we've had a little bit of a run-in with Merthyr at home, but their older fans were nothing but complimentary. You know, always saying, "No fair play to you, boyos, for coming to all this way on a Tuesday night." Apart from the young ones who threw cans of coke. Well, I was right. going to say the younger ones were quite <laughs> as friendly, were they? Yes, but um, yes, and also another couple of memories I have from that evening were the fact that um, I believe Bobby Wilkinson got the players to uh, come over and clap us in their warm up. I mean, uh, sometimes we get applauded at the end of a game, but to be applauded before the game starts <laughs> while yeah. we're eating our chips, I thought was. Uh, yeah, we needn't bother singing then. We've already had our 
Oh, a round of applause. <laughs> and the other thing I remember is um, looking up from eating my chips to see a, another couple of Hungerford supporters walking towards us. We weren't the only four ones there. Can you remember who they were that evening? Um, from now, it could be anybody really. Orwin and Daphne. Oh, yeah. Uh, who were staying with uh, relations uh, down. And we know, hadn't really got to know them then, had we? So. Um, not, not overly, but. Um, I was slightly irked that they were there, so that we couldn't say that we were the only ones that had travelled to the game. Um, now Dave, when we go away, we haven't got the biggest of followings, but in terms of percentage of our home crowd, it's actually quite impressive, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I've always thought, from when we first started going, you could probably say there was an average of 10 12 maybe top away games and now you can probably say it goes in the 30s to 40s so we've accumulated um, some extra fans along the way and obviously uh, I think noise wise you know we're quite vociferous when we're away as well yes I think that's quite true of a lot of um, groups of supporters um, you quite often go to away grounds and the home fans seem to be quite quiet and I'm sure when people come to Hungford they think that we're quiet it's something about being on the road and probably having had a few drinks inside you yeah. as well probably helps a bit as well loosens the tongue um, I know through talking to you before that one thing that disappoints you a little bit when we go away is that groups of fans don't always stand together so you'll have a little group behind the goal like us and others uh, dotted around the uh, the other sides of the stadium somewhere yeah but that's the, I suppose that's the beauty of non-league you can stand where you like mm-hmm. although as a, I prefer everyone to be as one mm-hmm. and stand together whether or not it's because the language can be a little bit choice now and then they might prefer to stand a bit further around the side or maybe they've got a better view from from the side but we like to go behind the goals we're attacking I remember one particular game it's the uh, the Berkshire Derby away to Maidenhead when uh, the four of us that's you me Windmill and Dan uh, were stood close to the goal we were attacking and as the game kicked off the Maidenhead supporters were singing only one team in Berkshire and um, after about, I'm sure there's quite a few actually. Well, there are. <laughs> that, that was what they were what they were chanting. And um, within about four minutes, you may remember Louis Saws put us ahead, and we four started chanting their chant back to them. Yeah, it didn't yeah, go down very well. <laughs> but I, I just remember that actually got um, a good um, laugh from some hung supporters away to the side of the stand. Um, yes, we were very heavily outnumbered that day. I think the crowd was over 900, and uh, we probably had about what, 20, 30 maybe. Yeah, was that the one that ended up two all? Two all, and uh, we were uh, became aware. Oh of, no, it was that little ref Mo, wasn't it? The, uh, yeah, the little ref. Yeah, yeah. and uh, also we became aware of a rather enigmatic sandal-clad figure standing a few yards to our right that day. Well, there's only one person you call enigmatic, and that would be Gavin Davis. Yes, that is, is, that's the first time I actually remember um, seeing Gavin at a Hungford game, but I'm sure uh, he'd been to lots yeah, of Yeah, I saw him, saw him at Gosport. Now, Dave, um, shortly we're going to delve into our um, top five uh, away games, and it'll be interesting to see whether they're games that we have uh, always been victorious in, or, or whether the away day has been 
special because of the place we go to. Um, I'm going to mention now a few away grounds I like that haven't made my top five and just get you to comment on these and then yeah. I'll ask you about a few of yours. Um, the first one that I've put down is Dartford, although the journey wasn't particularly enjoyable, but I just felt um, it signalled to me that probably we really are in the big time now as a football club because I was very impressed with their facilities. Yeah, this will be the first time I mention this chap uh, out of twice, two times tonight, uh, Mr. Ian Passy, yes. who um, kept winding up the Dartford goalkeeper about his kicking, yes. saying, "You oh God, you can't kick it straight, can you? Can you not reach the halfway line? All this sort of thing." And mm. then he goes and scores in the second half. Yes, he did from a free kick <laughs> in his own half. Yeah, sailed over Jaws leg into the internet. Yes, I recall that well. Um, Second on my little list is uh, Chester, and I, I liked our trip to Chester in the FA Vars because I regarded that as a, a real, again, real proper stadium, and it's so nice to see the Hungford lads play at a proper stadium in the north of England. Yeah, I mean, despite the the score line, um, it was probably the highest placed team we've seen mm. Hungerford play against. Um, we took a good following that day. That's probably the biggest following I've seen with Hungerford, as I think there was over 80 there, I'd say, and we went on the coach. Yes. And I remember did. having to stop up for the services when we were told we weren't allowed alcohol yeah. on the coach, so we uh, had to down a case <laughs> of lagers as quick uh, as we could. I think even I helped join in and uh, down a couple of those. <laughs> you did, so maybe that, that um, didn't... Uh, well, that sort of... Softened the blow of losing it, it heavily. Did. <laughs> um, I, I would say you mentioned the, the, um, the fact that we got beat quite heavily in the end, but I think we're well in the game for an, over an hour. And yeah, sending off, didn't we? Yeah, yes, unfortunately, Scotty Reese uh, saw the red miss, not for the, the last time in his home for career. And no, his rugby well. tackle at St Albans was quite a good yes, one. Yes. Um, the other thing I remember about being at Chester from the supporters' <laughs> perspective is that uh, we, we seemed to have our own tea bar in the corner of the ground where we had been positioned, and I thought that was actually quite nice. It almost felt like being on holiday. <laughs> uh, you could probably find better places to go on holiday than Chester. No disrespect to Chester. No, no. <laughs> um, next on my little list is... Uh, might surprise you a little bit, but I actually have quite a fondness for Dorchester Town, and that's just really more than anything because I quite like their main stand they've got. I'm sure there'd be quite a lot of um, lower league clubs that would like a stand like that. Well, they're quite fortunate down that way because they've got Dorchester and then Weymouth just around the corner, both have got very nice grounds. Um, and Dorchester was an added bonus because we won there once when we went down there. Yeah. And Trevor Senior, who was an old hero of mine from Reading, was their manager. So it's nice to put one over on your old hero. Yep. Right, last on my list of venues that don't make my top five away days, but it's a ground I really do like, is Bath City. And that's despite the fact that we always get talked about. Yeah, I was going to say, that would be uh, in one of my worst grounds to visit, although... Twerton Park's a decent ground. I mm. went there with Reading, and I've also obviously been there with Hungerford yeah. uh, a few times. Yeah, I, I think that there's a couple of reasons why I like it. One is, as you say, Twerton Park. I think it's a, a really nice venue. Um, 
because it's got a panoramic view across the city of Bath, which I think is one of the nicest cities in, in England. And you can also see the ball go flying into our net quite regularly. Yes, yes, that's not quite such a nice view, <laughs> one we should be used to by now. And uh, the other thing I, I like about going there is because I, I think, as you know, um, quite often I, I have to uh, ring ahead to the clubs we visit because often I have uh, Big Bob in the car with me whose mobility is uh, limited these days and I often have to ask if there's um, disabled parking or some kind of help so that we're close to the gates and I have to say Bath City are absolutely superb they always let us park right up by, by the gate and um, if we're there early You should have parked in the goal Yes, we, well, it would have uh, probably done better than Oliver Davis on that uh, one particular visit. But yes, Bath bar for in that respect, probably top of my league in, in terms of sides that have um, given me assistance when taking boxer grounds. Unlike their rivals, Chippenham Town, who I'm sure we'll mention in future episodes. Uh, right, are there any venues that you would like or... Um, matches you would like to mention that don't make your top yeah obviously I've done over 100 league games now with Hungerford away from home away from home yeah I'm just under so you and not to mention all the the cup games there's a couple of um, trophy games that don't make the top five one of them was Chester but we've covered that the other one was Corinthian casuals away Oh yes, I missed that one. That's uh, we won two one there, and there's, they're a team with sort of quite steeped in tradition because they're linked yes, up they with are. the team in Brazil, so that was a good one to go to. Um, other games that don't make the list but were good. Um, Weymouth for our long weekend away last well season just gone. Chippenham when we were two 0 down and came back to win three two, and you pounced on poor Jamie Leacock. <laughs> Um, Bashley away when Ian Herring went in goal and had a blinder yes. not the first time he's gone in goal and had a blinder and one you might not remember as being a great game but Chesham away where Ian Passy had Darren Purse, ex-Birmingham central oh, defender yes. yeah. in his pocket at the corner twice yeah. chirping in his ear yes. and pa- Darren Purse turned round to see what Passy was saying and the ball came over and we headed in <laughs> on two occasions. I, I do actually recall that game for um, actually a couple of other reasons. Um, is Am I right in thinking that's the game where Paul Strudley was, was sent off? If it was the one where Paul Strudley was sent off, James Rusby soon followed afterwards because we had two yes. players sent yes, off we did. Yeah. and Dean Stowe scored uh, a late equaliser yeah. at the back post. With Paul Strudley stood behind the goal with us singing we've only got ten well nine men as it was at the time that's the other reason why I remember that game because uh, Paul Stradley the uh, famous Hungford goalkeeper of many seasons uh, having been sent off after an excursion out of the penalty area uh, came and joined us in a bit of a sing-song didn't he in the second half drinking a cup of tea So I think we're ready to 
just rattle through our individual top fives. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll start with your number five, then we'll go to mine and, and so on. So what's your number five, Dave? What you need now is the old top of the pops thing, yes, can you? It, indeed. Uh, number five for me is... Yellow Pearl by Thin Lizzy, <laughs> my favourite. Is um, probably not um, one of our best performances, but one that meant a lot to me. Uh, Pool 1, Hungerford 2. Okay, that isn't on my list, but I think I remember that game. Would you like to tell me a bit about the game? Well, the main reason is we never win there, and uh, all the games are close normally mm. between us, but they always seem to have the edge on us every time, and um, their fans always used to belittle us all the time as well. And um, Luke Hopper and Louis Sauls sent us on our way to a much-needed win, and over our old rivals and was that the first victory under the joint management of Herringham uh, Spud and Boards yeah yeah, I I thought it was Um, yeah I I would agree with you that um, Paul they are kind of rivals of ours and I I think the main reason is that we've kind of followed each other up through the leagues and then um, we avoided well I'm going to touch on it shortly actually but we avoided relegation and, and Paul went down and um, that <laughs> rankled with them as well. But yes, um, I, I always enjoy trips to Paul, although um, I'm always rather dismissive of their ground, which I call an old school field. Well, it is a school. It is an old school field. <laughs> That's why. Okay, right, and my number five is, uh, I don't know if this is on your list, but I'm going to go with uh, a 2-1 win at Billericay Town. No, but that was when we scored two goals near the end. Yeah. and. Uh, they were their fans were quite complimentary of us because we sang quite quite a lot that game and i I remember about that game i think we were a little bit weakened because we had a couple of bristol rovers lonies who hadn't traveled down for that game and uh, i don't think we went into the game with any great expectation of coming away with anything and um although we're always in the game for much of the game we were behind and Billericay didn't look like they were going to throw us away. And then out of nowhere, um, Danilo or C. D'Adamo, I've probably got his name slightly wrong. Well, I'd have just called him Danilo, so. Yeah, Danilo <laughs> uh, popped up once from the penalty spot, um, scored uh, two late goals. Uh, incredible turnaround, really, and we were all very happy in the bar afterwards. We were indeed. Right, your number four, please, Dave. Ah, well, this one sort of gone down in Hungerford folklore. Um, Kings Lynn away, where we won 1-0 in the 90th minute, plus eight, with a goal from um, Spud himself after Garen Garen Preen corner. That's a long way to go, Kings Lynn. It was midweek, wasn't it? It was. It was uh, midweek. I'd finished work. I had a message from Drake's and... Uh, Hogs, um, Draycott and Horgan, um, asking if they could catch a lift with me because obviously they didn't fancy driving all the way up there. But obviously because I was working, yes. and they had to go before. Yeah. Got there about twenty minutes before the game started. Mm. Uh, there was a power cut at half time, mm. which meant the game was put back 15, 20 minutes. It was the most hostile atmosphere I I've been. You at. Say that. I think they, um, they were not very um, what's the word I'm looking for gallants possibly went when our physio Stacey was coming onto the pitch no no um, no they wanted uh, <laughs> to see something of, uh, yeah. of Stacey yeah, but so um, basically they, they belong in the stone age yeah yeah and they, and they 
gave the players and the ref a hard time, but um, there was no trouble. I mean, then all the players came over at the end, jumped over the barrier at the final whistle, and come over and shook the people who travelled. And, and what, there were about five, six of you, were there? Yeah, obviously Ken, um, Ian Passy was there. And you probably had a couple of committee members up in the stand, but that, that was it for that night. But it was a great win, and we needed those points. Yeah, terrific. Okay, on to my number four, and my number four is Dulwich Hamlets away from the season just passed, the aborted season just passed. Three-two uh, victory, two-nil um, down at half time. Um, I think most of us were kind of fearing a, a five or six-nil drubbing at that point. And I really don't know what quite what happened in the second half. The Dulwich manager seemed to have removed his right back, or his right back had gone over to the left-hand side. I, I just don't know quite what happened because Joe Tomlinson was given the freedom of the pitch, and boy, did he use it. He he was um, instrumental in setting up the first goal, scored the second goal. Um, fantastic comeback. And that was a game where we travelled up by train. Yeah. Uh, There's a big Hungford following. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fair few drinks, and uh, not the first time we've come back from a 2 0. No, no, indeed, that's a, a score that features very heavily in my top five, as you're going to find out. Okay, uh, let's go on to your number three. My number three is East Thurrock, Neil. Hungerford won to keep us in the okay. National League South. Okay. That's actually my number two, but let's talk about it here then. Um, another good following with fancy dress being quite a lot of the order of the day. Mm-hmm. With uh, Freddie Mercury, uh, Yogi Bear, um, Adele Boy amongst the, all the Crusaders. Yes, it is. I remember that. And what we turned up is Chris and Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Gavin Not and Andy and, Chris and Windmill. And, yeah. Um, but Obviously, that's gone down in folklore as well. Big Bigsy's getting the goal in the thirty seventh minute. Yes, yeah, Bigsy time as I call it. Yeah, and um, obviously there was a little pitch invasion at the end, followed by a massive sing song in the clubhouse about going to Torquay away. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that turns out to be a day. momentous day as well. Yeah, one of the very best away days and. Um, I'm sure one that will live long in the memory of uh, Ian Herring as well. And just a word there really about uh, Nicholas Bignall who scored the winner that day. He did take that goal really well. I think it was a through ball by James Clark. I may have that wrong. Uh, but it, it was taken so well. And Nicholas Bignall in his early days with Hungford, that would have been skied high wide and not very handsome. Oh, it's lucky for us that he went in the bottom corner. He's a player who got better and better, I think, as his Hungerford career went on. And I, I actually was disappointed when um, when he moved on. But, um, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah, definitely. OK, we'll move on to my number three. And that is one that you mentioned just outside your top five. Uh, in 2013-14, a 3-2 win away to Chippenham Town. Uh, big rivals of ours. Uh, two 0 down at half time. Um, again, another game where it looked like we we're uh, onto a hiding. And then two goals by Stephen Brown, one by James Clark, turned things around. Uh, you're quite right. I um, leapt on top of an unsuspecting Jamie Leacock, who wasn't even our assistant manager at that stage. No, but he seemed happy that we scored. So <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and, yeah. and the strange thing was, though, we weren't behind the goal. We were stood at the side yeah, of yeah, the pitch. Yeah, that's very, very true. That's one of the rare occasions when we weren't behind the goal. You jumped on Lee Cock, and I can remember I was sort of trying to climb up some advertising hoarding, not for the first time. But <laughs> no, no. no. Um, yeah, and Shipton Town, um, I, I, I intend to do a big episode, I think, on um, some of our rivals, but all I'll say about Shipton Town at this stage is... Um, Watching Hunger beat Chippenham, it took Chippenham, Chippenham, Chips and Ham, as you like to call them, yep. it took them 10 attempts to beat us, and yet they have a set of patterns who seem to look down their nose at Hunger Town. And yet we take more to them than they do to us. Yes, I was going to say that as well. But uh, yes, I think um, we'll leave it there with Chippenham, and I'm going to, that's a theme I will return to in the future episode. <laughs> right, so where are we now? Are we on to your number two? My number two is. Also, one which went a long way in keeping us into this division, and that was Torquay nil, Hungerford one. And there can't be too many teams that actually go to Torquay twice in the season no, and come away with six points. As obviously we beat Truro, who yeah. played there. Well, yes, I was at the uh, the Truro match, but unfortunately due to work, uh, missed the Torquay game, and um, so I wasn't one of the fifty-four. No, as to be honest with you, I was a little bit disappointed that we only had fifty-four there for Torquay. But saying that, what a noise the 54 made. And again, the Torquay fans at the end of the game were ever, com- ever so complimentary and mm. wished us luck. I think they don't really like Truer anyway, so they, they weren't that fast if we beat them. But it was a great goal by Lewis Lee Gilchrist mm. as well. Quite close to the end, wasn't it? Because my, my memories of how I spent that um, afternoon were that having finished work on a bank holiday Monday, um, I took myself off for a long walk along the old Berkeley railway line and I finished up at the Carpenter's Arms in Berkeley um, when we were just approaching the last five minutes or so of the game and I sat down um, nursing a, a bottle of um, Peroni or, or whatever it was and um, my phone beeped and um, score flash came up and I, I, my heart sank. I thought, oh, here we go, we've held on for almost 90 minutes and we've gone behind. And I had to do a double take because it was a hunk of a goal. Yeah, you were right, we were, we did hold on mm. for 90 minutes because, um, you know, Torquay put us under an immense amount of pressure. But we hung in there, hung in there, and then we got our just rewards. and. That topped off another long weekend away. <laughs> and, and one other memory of that game, although as I say, it wasn't there, but watching the video clip, um, something that's very much in the hearts of the Hungry fans is the way that our goalkeeper that day was seen to sprint from our own penalty area up to where our players were celebrating, almost up by the uh, well, you, you thought he was in the in the wrong sport. Put a running vest on him. He could be in the Olympics, one hundred meters, eh? Uh, um, uh, save hands, Mickey, as he was yeah. uh, called. Um, I mean, he was a lone player at the end of the day, and uh, some people say lone players don't care. Well, just he, watching that video clip shows you how much he cared. He did, and he was immense for us as well. Okay, my number two was uh, East Thurrock away, uh, which we've already covered. Yeah. So we'll jump to your number one, and um, it may be a joint number one, I, I think. Th- I th- well, it's the reason we're in the National League South, or a massive part of it, is the 3-2 away win at Hitchin in the semi-final of yeah. the playoff. 
being 2-0 down. The goalkeeper giving it the big one to us. Yes, I remember when, when they went 2-0 up, he yeah. thought they were home hosed, didn't he? But with Bobby's team, you, you, you don't give up, no. you don't give in. And all the players believed they would come back, whether or not the fans thought, oh, hang on, they're going to come back from this. But we did. Yeah. 2-1, 2-2, 2-3, Stephen Brown getting you the goal at the end after Scotty Reese and James Clark. Yes, there were the three scores. We had a decent-ish following there, yeah. and that was a great night. Yeah, my, my memories of that day are um, rushing off early from uh, the Watermill Theatre where I was working, um, picking you up and uh, driving to Hitchin, and we visited a couple of the, uh, the pubs beforehand. We got there pretty early from memory. And um, I remember walking into the, the ground review, and um, obviously we were quite heavily out, outnumbered. And I remember one of the Hitchin supporters seeing us come in and kind of making sure I was um, in earshot of him. And, and basically he said, Oh, this lot of shit, we've got this in the bag, or words to that effect. And, well, um, I don't know why you're talking about his own team like that. Well, no, nor do I. No. Um, but, I'm, I'm sure when they went to new up, him and all the other Hitchin fans thought, yes, we, we are, we've we done it. And um, yeah, just the, 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 the fight that the, the team showed um, to turn that around and the, the cockiness of the keeper, the way you could actually see it drain away from him. I mean, okay, we scored the first goal, they're still 2-1 up. The second goal goes in and you can see he's a bag of nerves and the winning goal by Stephen Brown. I mean, it was a fairly harmless looping backwards header. Yeah, from and a long throw. Well, he couldn't have... No, we couldn't have caught anything by that stage. He was a, he was flapping. He was a wreck. And, uh, you know, I think he possibly learned a lesson that night, a uh, young keeper. And I remember the um, the scenes after the game as well. And, uh, I think I'm right in saying uh, big striker Harry Goodger came up to you and me and somehow managed to lift us both off the ground at the same time That's in the celebration. No surprise with H though, is it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it? It meant so much to the players and to the supporters that were there. Yeah, well, what I didn't realise until, in fact, just the other day was um, Spud said to me that it made it all the sweeter that he got punched in the head by their players at the end of the game, which is something I didn't even no, realise. No. But um, no, well, well, three-two hitching. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, the uh, the stakes were high, weren't they? And as we all know now, well, like in the butchers. <laughs> yeah, as we all know now, we went on to host Leamington in the uh, playoff final, and uh, came back in that game as well. We were one 0 down at half time and uh, ended up with Michael Jones getting the goal that took us up into the, uh, the National South where we are now. So Dave, I think we ought to just finish by um, mentioning one or two of the trips that um, we remember for the wrong reasons. Um, I mean, I can think of one or two that really stand out for me. Um, Billericay in the FA Cup where we got beat 6-1 well, you, you could nearly say uh, any game in the FA Cup away apart from Basingstoke mm. where we won 1-0 I think um, you'd have to speak to say people like 
Nietzsche and Paul Stevens about other FA Cup games before we started mm. going, but we've had a shocking run in we the FA we're Cup. We're going to explore that more in the, in the future episode cuts, but I, I certainly agree with you. Um, I mean, for example, Bradford Town away, the FA Cup losing there. Uh, not a very nice memory. Chalfont St. Peter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I think they're going to feature quite um, quite a lot um, those those games in in our various discussion. Um, any other away trips you can remember for the wrong reasons? Um, well, bit of Ricky, as you say, where we got absolutely hammered in the FA Cup. When they had you know the likes of Jermaine Pennant in, mm. in their team, but I, I was quite impressed with Ricky Modest. I thought he was a good player. Um, any game at Bath, I dread now because <laughs> we we do tend to get tonked there. Although it wasn't that bad last season. Um, I just don't like losing. But any game we lose was a bit of a sickener. But for the away days. You've had some brilliant memories. We, we, yes, in, indeed. Do, would, you, would you say you prefer away games to home games, or are they just different? They're different, but I prefer away games. Mm. Okay, Dave, well, I think we'll wrap up there. And uh, thank you very much for joining me once more. No problem. See you again soon. Cheers.